Did you know that if you say space ghettos in an American accent, you say Spice Girls in a Scottish accent? Observe, space ghettos. Once again, space ghettos. There you go. Now I'll say Spice Girls in a Scottish accent. Space ghettos. It's amazing, right? Spice Girls are easily the most influential, most successful girl band of all time. They sold over 85 million records right around the world. They won a Brit Award in 1997 for the best British group, which had never been won by a girl band before. Similarly, they got nominated for a Grammy Award, Best New Artist. Never had a girl group ever been nominated for the award before. Every member of the Spice Girls is a household name. And now, a couple of weeks this year and a couple of weeks last year, I, I get the chance to work with one of these incredible women while we make The Masked Singer. It's a very silly, very fun show. I work with Mel B. She is a show business machine. She does nothing but work. She nails the gig every single time. And when you think about the challenges that she's overcome to be who she is when she's in the room, when she's on camera, when she's on. She's a singer. She's a TV presenter. She's an author. She's a mum. The challenges that she's had to go through, that will make your toes curl. She wrote a book. It's a memoir. 2018, it came out. It's called Brutally Honest. She's quite open in that about the emotional, physical, and sexual abuse that she suffered at the hands of her ex. And Mel has actually gone on to be a significant advocate for domestic violence victims. In fact, last year, Mel was awarded an MBE for her ongoing work in this space, which she told me means she can get married in one of the fancy places that royal people get married in, which is pretty cool. She's engaged at the moment. Mel is an open book. She's happy to talk about everything, how she manages her anxiety, her dyslexia, dyspraxia, ADHD, and That in itself is a testament that any of those diagnoses should be no hindrance, if managed well, should be no hindrance at all to a meaningful life. Mel and I spoke remotely from her home in the UK. That's where she lives with her family, her massive rottweilers, and an entire room of old wardrobe. When I say old, I mean like of previously worn wardrobe, which she gave me a quick peek at and would blow your mind. Mel B, Scary Spice, Scary, Melanie Brown. Whatever name she goes by, there really is no one else like her. And I can't wait for you to hear this conversation. But first, we're going to play some ads. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Whether you've experienced abuse for one hour, one day, one year, 11 years, 20, 20 years, you come out of it broken and only you can like build yourself back up yeah but then when you've built yourself back up you still have to live with it it just doesn't go away it's in your body it's in your 
the little bones, it's in your, the way that you move, you know, a door could slam and I'll, I'll jump. And I have to remind myself, it's not that. I'm in this, in my body, here, right now, I feel safe. It's, it's a constant kind of reminder. That is singer, author, TV presenter and MBE Mel B. This is Osher Ginsberg, Better Than Yesterday. Welcome. This is Better Than Yesterday. Thanks for being here. This is a podcast that's having a conversation to help you make today better than yesterday three times a week since 2013. We're here Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Mondays, Wednesdays with a guest, Fridays with you. I'm Osha Ginsberg. Hi. Thanks for being here. I'm a podcaster. I'm a TV host. I'm a, I'm a producer. I'm a TV format creator. I'm a TV format pitcher. Uh, I pitched another format this week. I'm a bicycle rider. I'm an unridden motorcycle seller. Uh, and thank you for being a part of the show. If you want to get in touch with me, it's real easy. Send Osher email at gmail.com. I love to see a picture of what you're looking at right now. You've got a phone. You're probably listening to this on a phone. So shoot a photo of what you're looking at. And Karen sent a fabo picture of her excellent cattle dog and a copy of uh, Love and Pain, the book that Ben and Chris wrote. She's listening to the Ben and Chris episode from Ben and Chris from Silverchair. It's out the other week. Thanks for that, Karen. Karen is cooking snags on a barbecue on the balcony, and there's another dog, much smaller than a cattle dog, more of an apartment dog, looking on very hopefully. Come on, buddy, you're not, nope. Just you, you're living in hope, mate. Those snags look too good. I don't think you're going to get any. And Caitlin sent a pic, listening to the powerful Grace Tame episode while painting a mural above my eldest daughter's top bunk. You are fantastic with your artwork there. Thank you, Caitlin. Thanks for sending that. I love seeing what you're looking at because you know my studio. You know what it looks like when I'm here. You know exactly the room I'm sitting in, listening to my voice right now. And so it's nice to see what you're doing. That's a nice way to get to know each other. Look, if you're on Instagram, thank you so much for being a part of it. Thanks for the follows. Uh, trying to get that number to 200,000. I don't know. It's a weird number. It means nothing, but I'm trying to get it there. So thanks for your help there. And also every episode will end up on YouTube after a short wait. Uh, so if you want the full experience, you can head over there. Let's get to our chat with Mel B. How are you today? Where in the world are you, Mel? Can you disclose a country that you're in? I'm in my hometown of Leeds, in the countryside, with my dogs. Beautiful. Yeah, my um, my wife Audrey uh, is a is a big fan of big, buffy, box-headed dogs, and you've got two. <laughs> I've got two. I've got a five-month-old Rottweiler and a four-year-old Rottweiler. My goodness, there's about a hundred kilos of dog there, Mel. Oh yeah. I feel very safe in this house with my dog. <laughs> oh, that's a, well, that's, a, that's, that's important. What's it? I mean, whenever I hear of someone, like it's one thing to have a house in the country in Australia, but whenever I hear of someone with a house in the country in the UK, I, I, I kind of think of that Blur song every time. <laughs> Lives in a house, a very big house in the country. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm surrounded by sheep and cows and trees and nature. You know, it's very different. When I go to work, it's all go, 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 go. But then I come home and it's so relaxing. I've got like a meditation room just back there. And I just, you know, do like me time and self-care. Is this a thing that's kind of newish for you to have this kind of uh, routine in your day? No, I've always been like that. Yeah. I, mean, I got into Reiki healing when I was about 18, 19, just when Spice Girls started to kind of erupt and I just thought that I needed something to keep me grounded because at the end of the day you know I'm a I'm a council estate working working class leads girl so you know when you're traveling all over the world I'd always have my little meditation chair that I'd take everywhere with me and I've always been into kind of the you know crystals and my dad used to call it frou-frou stuff <laughs> actually it's, you know, it's, it's, it gives you a, a deeper meaning of life and a spiritual awareness of yourself and 
you know, what you project out and who you are as a person, I think. I can't even begin to fathom what that amount of focus was like when you were, when you were so young, because at the same time, it's so exciting. It's something you really kind of transfixed by something you want to chase and at the same time could be kind of intense. Do you remember a moment where you're like, wow, this, this was fun until that. Well, I mean, they say that the eye of the storm is really calm Mm. and us five, you know, we were living together, not much money signing on, on the door, you know, the government gives you, gives you money to kind of job hunt. And we were just five girls with a dream and working on our craft. We'd live together in a house. Mm. We'd work out every day. We'd write music. We'd beg people to kind of let us borrow their studio on a kind of limb and a promise that we'd pay them back when they're rich and famous. Don't think we ever did pay them back. <laughs> um, but yeah, we, we were working together for quite yeah. some time. Yeah, before we got management, before we got, you know, before anybody knew us. I think they'd written our first album and going into our second album before we met Simon Fuller and then, you know, signed a record deal. And then it was all kind of go, go, go. So it was really, it was, it wasn't a moment in time where we all, oh my God, this has happened. It was like, yes, yeah, let's carry on and carry on. Because when we, when we released our first song, Wannabe, it hit like 34 countries at the same time number one all over the world. So then you go to these different countries and do promotion and give thanks to your fans and stuff like that. So it was just an ongoing conveyor belt that we dictated that we wanted to work that hard. I adore that I get to any, I was, you mentioned about being on the doll. I've been on the doll a number of times. I was most recently unemployed when I was 40. I'm 49. And that's fucking terrible to be in your 40s and unemployed. I did not like it at all. Uh, and so I, I, I'm quite a, um, I'm quite fascinated with the, what it takes to stay employed and stay working, even in this job that I have where I get to wear, for example, a suit that costs thousands of dollars that I wear once, you know, it's still a job. But I guess custom made, your outfits are just crazy. Well, I'm trying to keep up with you, mate. I don't have an archivist yet, but I'm trying to keep up with you, mate. But I think one of the things I adore about working with you is I, I really get the idea that you take the craft of what it is that you do on camera and what you do on stage and the 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 job of who you are to people you take it very very seriously and what you were talking about before about living in a house with the other girls together this is the thing that people tend to not really think about they think oh, i've got a phone i'm going to document myself on instagram and then boom fame um the i got to be on radio in the middle of the night for five years and be shit at it you know there's a what what do you what would you I have bet to say? You weren't shit. I bet oh, you mate, weren't I was, was not good. What was what would well, you I have? I bet to... you got better and better and better as time went on, just like you do. Well, this is what I was going to talk to you. I wanted to ask you about. Like, what would you have to say to people about that time and the amount of effort that it takes to get to that point of explosion? Well, I think we live in a different time now. You know, people can be Instagram famous overnight. Uh, back in my day in the 90s, you know, you had to really work at your craft. Not to say that people don't do that nowadays. I'm sure they do, but it's a, it's more of a quick, accessible fix. Hmm. Whereas before, you would not only have to understand your vocal ability, but you'd have to understand melody. You'd have to understand how a song is put together with a with a verse, um, a bridge, a chorus. You'd have to understand all types of layout of music and different song genres, and then you'd have to work at it constantly. You know, I mean, even though some of the songs that we did write together took five, ten minutes, some of the songs would take days because it's just that one little melody or lyric that isn't mm. quite right. And when you're working with four of the people that have the same vision, you know, it's harmony. You just kind of work together. But the difference is, you know, nobody can tell when it's going to hit. You just have to trust and believe that you're on the right path, that you're destined to do this. And, you know, I was just having a conversation with my now 16-year-old, my middle child. Angel's going to arts college, you know, very involved in animation. But the work 
that Angel's done since since well since Angel was six years old has been so intense. I do believe that I think we're creating a generation now where it's just just try that and do this. You want to be famous. We never wanted to be famous. That wasn't our goal to be famous. Our goal was to spread support for other women with a message of girl power. So I think nowadays it's very different and there's so much that you can choose to do. There's so many different avenues and revenues to earn money, to be successful. But I do think we, we are in a culture of just that, that fame-driven, hungry, raw, just for that lifestyle. And when you get into that lifestyle, if you don't have the talent or the, the capacity in your brain to back it up, you're kind of in a hamster wheel. You know, how many times can you post your life without them making stuff up or lying about it? It does have to have some amount of does have to have some substance at 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 a point, and then you know that that old it's a phrase as old as time. You get your whole life to write your first album. You get six months to write your second, but everyone expects it to be better than than the first one. When when things like the first album hits or your first big you know uh, on camera role shows up, the improvement that it takes to stay employed to stay being oh yeah we'll get them again you know that's also a thing that people tend not to think about i think that's where you build your catalog you know if you're passionate about what you do you have like a you have a hundred songs already in your in your back suitcase that you can just pull out then remember those times when you were struggling or that you were on the dole or that you're unemployed, you know, trying to make a living. And I, I always say to all, all of my kids, you know, you have to kind of struggle a little bit and take the jobs that you don't necessarily want to do because you have to pay for your own stuff that you want to do because nobody's just going to give you, like, it out on a plate to just say, right, okay, so you want to do this? Here it is. Go and do it. You have to earn it. You have to graft. You have to know what you're doing. You have to make mistakes. And you also have to, you know, make compromises and take that job that is going to help you pay and fund for what you actually ultimately want to be doing. When you when you started getting into the 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 TV stuff, the kind of stuff that you and I work together on now. That the whole TV stuff yeah. being like on the on a panel or being a judge was completely by accident. What did you find most challenging about it at first? I, the thing is, I don't find it challenging. I find it really, I find it liberating that I get paid to sit there and just blurt out comments and stuff that I believe in or that I think of or what, what they should have done better or how I can help them or what I really dislike. You know, I'd be doing that anyway, sitting in my front room, down at the TV. The difference is I get paid for it, and that's mind-boggling to me. <laughs> but like you, I don't want you to do yourself a disservice because I, I, you know, we, we when we shoot, we work together for you know, we work all day on this stuff. But I, you're yeah, but I think your job is much harder than mine. You have to read a teleprompter from miles away. You're the glue that keeps the show together, and I think that is one of the hardest things to do. Oh, that's very sweet of you to say, well, but um, it's not sweet. It's true. I work very hard at it, and I, yeah. I, I don't. That's not easy to do. That's not easy to do to get up in front of an audience, keep them still alive and engaged. Read, read a teleprompter with conviction. And by the way, the average person doesn't even know you've got a teleprompter helping helping you with your lines or what you have to deliver. That's a lot. It it is, and, and sometimes the, what you have written with the guys who you're making the show together with, and then gone over and kind of rehearsed suddenly doesn't apply in that moment. And you just have to remember what you're doing next because that line doesn't make yeah, sense anymore. That. Well, that's the job though. Some, you well, must have a- some degree of ADD because that helps oh. in that department a lot. I think that's should- when I'm thankful I have that. <laughs> well, I think we should, t- well, let's get straight to that part because I, I, I my, my brain uh, n- nearly, nearly killed me at some point, um, number of times. But when I first got diagnosed, I got diagnosed with um, OCD first, and I kind of deflated like a jumpy castle after a toddler's birthday party when my doctor said, you got OCD. I'm like, oh, and he goes, wait, really? wait, wait, wait. Well, because he said, because I was like, oh, fuck, I've got fucking mental illness. Mate, 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 do you have any, like, that's the reason you have the job you've got. 
come on. Exactly. Like the, and he exactly. said, do you, re- do you really think like an Olympic weightlifter who does the same 12 things in a row 400 times a week, six years in a row just to get to one Olympics doesn't have a bit of that? He said, come on, man. And it's the same with it's the- blessing. It's the same with the ADHD, you know, it's, it's a thing that my, if I don't know how to handle it and if I don't know how to control it, absolutely, it can be very dangerous for me. But if I can harness it, it I can do stuff that other people, and other people can do stuff I can't do. And you've, sp- you've spoken about um, diagnoses and I'm wondering what was like, what was life like before you had a diagnosis and why did you start kind of investigating that? Well, I had a 10-year really bad marriage, quite abusive. I wrote a book about it, brutally honest. And I just wanted to know, am I crazy or not? And if if I can actually put a name to the things that I do and the way that my brain works, maybe that would help me. Because, you know, I think if I'd have got diagnosed years earlier, like, for example, in school, I would have been able to understand why I can't sit still or why my attention span is so all over the place. Not that I would want to be medicated. I don't always think that that's the right way. For some people, it is. For me, I it sometimes is, sometimes isn't. But, but once you can actually go, okay, my brain doesn't work like that. Um, it works this way. And once you can like grasp a hold of that concept, I think life just becomes much more easier the way that you handle yourself. And not that you, you blame it on any diagnosis, but you can actually go, right, oh, I, okay, I'm thinking like this because I my brain works this way. And you can learn to embrace it and really love it. I mean, there's sometimes I wake up and I'm very honest with myself. I go, you know what? I can't deal with stuff today. Whereas in other days, I'm like, right, organize this, sort that out, do the school run, da 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 and But, I live a lifestyle just like you do where you can, we don't have a normal lifestyle. So that plays into why we do the job that we do and we're able to do it. And there's such a high level of awareness and confidence that we can cope with it. Most most people would crumble under pressure where I love pressure, but in, in the right environment, in the right context. I haven't had a nine to five job my entire life. And the only thing that I don't like about my job is that when my psychiatrist says, so 1 p.m. Tuesdays, I'm like, mate, I don't know what's happening at 1 p.m. tomorrow. <laughs> my, I don't have, I've never had a night. I'll see what the call sheet says. <laughs> I actually did have a nine to five job. I worked in telesales for a newspaper. I worked for a car company selling like auto trader stuff. And for me, it was like a dress up. I'd put my suit on and get my yeah. briefcase, but then that got boring after like four or five months. And I became a good go-go dancer in Blackpool, which suited me fine. Well, clothes on, obviously. Well, it's clothes on, clothes off. I don't give a shit. Work, <laughs> work's work. Don't know. clothes on. <laughs> Mate, I, that's long, I, did a, I did telesales for three hours. I was like, um, nope, I'm out here. <laughs> <laughs> See, I didn't mind it. I found it like a bit of an experiment because I knew it wasn't what I wanted to do. Right. But I knew the regular income would help me fund my trips down to London on the bus to go and audition for this dance group or this yeah. cruise ship or whatever kind of I was yeah. wanting to audition for that week. When when you were t- you were talking about um, the days that you can, yeah, I feel like doing this today or our days were like, no, nah, today's not a good day. How does that? Um, how does the diagnosis that you, you've since received help the people around you, uh, the people you work with, your, your partner? How, how does that help? Well, I mean, I have a plethora of diagnoses. I've got dyslexia, dyspraxia, OCD. I mean, I've got, I've got basically. You're collecting the whole set. I, w- I want, I want the. I want, <laughs> Literally. You know, I've just lit, got the, got the um, auction alert on eBay. I'm ready to get them all. <laughs> I mean, I think I've always been a very honest person because I'm a northern lass. And if you know anything about the north of England, we're very honest, very open. You shoot straight from the hip and what you see is what you get. So that helped me with my diagnosis. And I didn't actually, I didn't freak out. I embraced it. I'm like, okay, I get it now. I'm able to do 25,000 things at once. And then I can only just do one thing. You know, it depends what kind of environment you live in. I live in a very peaceful environment. Well, yeah, I've got my Rottweilers, but then I've got my little pink dog. So, I mean, I do life on a daily basis. I mean, Louise will tell you. 
Louise, who helped me write my book, and he manages me and sorts out a bunch of stuff for me, a lot of stuff. Um, some days I'll talk to her 20,000 times, 20 times a day. Sometimes I'll just have my phone off. And that's on my days off because I know when I work, it consumes me completely. I throw 110% into it. And that's my focus. And I know I'm really good at what I do. And I know that you know you're really good at what you do. And that's not being cocky. That's just knowing your strengths and your weaknesses. Ask me to go... Well, I did go to Costco the other day, but the list was too long, so I only did half the list. Ask me to do regular stuff, and if I'm not in the right headspace for it, it's a nightmare. But if I'm in the right headspace for it, nobody can be in my way. I'm on a mission. I can absolutely relate to that. But I do know like, the people in my life, I, I, I know, can sometimes struggle with it. I struggle with it sometimes, particularly with the way that my brain remembers things or doesn't remember things, particularly short-term memory stuff. That can be hard for, for people around me sometimes. We had Wolfie's full, fourth birthday the other day. And you know what it's like getting stuff ready for a four-year-old's birthday party. You're like, get the cupcakes at the icing, da 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 And it's like, where's that? Oh, I put it in the car. I didn't ask you to put that in the car. And in the moment, I'm like, oh, this should go in the car. That makes sense. You know, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to be helpful, but I'm just causing more fucking problems. And it's a drag. Well, I think, I think like now we have so much more um, things at our fingertips. You know, you can tune into a podcast that deals with ADHD or how to deal with a partner that has those kind of things. Yeah. And, you know, in our industry, we're surrounded by people that are the same as we are from hair, makeup, oh, yeah. people that dress you, people that mic you. They all live a strange life like we do it's not your normal nine to five but when it comes to partnerships and you know your family and your kids yeah i just say sorry a lot <laughs> oh my sorry about that yesterday <laughs> you and me both now you know that that is that is just how it is you know yeah. people you know you've got people like oprah winfrey i mean the list is endless of people that have these kind of influences on like the world or just people in general from whether you do radio or a podcast or you you have your own online tv like influential stuff people need people like us and we need people like them yeah i i go to where my people my accountant and i walk into that room i don't see anybody like me i'm like i'm in the right place i need <laughs> nobody that i recognize I need no one I can relate to in here. I need you all to just be like spreadsheet loving people. And they are. But it did take me a few well, accounts to get to that one. <laughs> there you go. One thing I have learned, though, that I do actually do on a daily basis is I do take time out to meditate. I yeah. do saunas and I do like a three minute ice bath every day. Um, and that really just helps my brain it gives me a break from myself for a start and it just puts me in a zone where i can actually be really kind to my body and my skeletal yeah. like bones and just everything yeah really in the between the two seasons that we work together we've we worked two seasons now together and between the first i know you don't have to remind me yeah but the first between the first one and two there seemed to be a big shift in in that you 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 showed up for the second season after we hadn't seen each other for about uh, ten months or so, and clearly, like, well, you don't you you've been training every day. Like, clearly, what do you what do you get out of training every day? Well, it's not that I train every day. I just give my body and my mind a bit of self care and self love. Ah, which, that's a good that's know, a good way to look at it. Yeah. Yeah, because I had a 10-year relationship where I'd go to work, I'd come home, I don't know what I was going to walk into. You know, the person I was married to was not very nice at all. So I would work out, but he would check on me and time me. So I, so my workouts became kind of not nice when I left him. My brain went, yeah, but you, you, you had to work out to escape him and get a 45 minutes away from him. So I had to really change the way that I worked out and the way of why I worked out. Yeah. And I wasn't now working out 
to get away from an abuser, I was now working out because I'm over 35, I'm 49. And, you know, with um, perimenopause, you need to start lifting weights, you need to start doing certain things that your body can kind of handle. And actually being kind to your body and doing a sauna, doing an ice bath, doing yoga, doing this. So I had to reprogram my brain. And when I did that, I actually really started to enjoy working out because working out there wasn't just for a quick getaway and a quick fix. So I'd make it part of my every day and make it part of my lifestyle. Because my mum has been on a diet since I was about 10 years old and she starts it every Monday. Yeah. And I thought, I'm not, I don't want to fit into a certain look. I need to do this for my own self self-worth and self-belief and then what comes along with that is you end up looking great and feeling great i couldn't agree what whenever i've trained out for aesthetics when i whenever i've trained for aesthetics it it works and for a it's little awful. bit it works for a bit it, well yeah you train for seven weeks right. no seven weeks you look great and then you go oh my god i really want a pizza like i had a pizza last night i mean i listened to my body i'm more of an into how do you call that? Intu intuition? Intuitive? Yeah, intuitive, pizza. that's it. Like, if I'm not hungry, I, 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 I don't eat. I mean, yeah. I, then, I, then people say, well, I'm, just, I'm fasting right now. Well, how about you just listen to yourself and listen to yeah. your body rather than following a fad or a diet or a regime or this, that, and the other. And I'm really into kind of letting myself figure stuff out as I go and what feels right and what doesn't feel right. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Once I started training for, because I knew that if if I train, I give my body the gift of the hormones it needs to shift mood states a little easier. Once yes, I started training exactly. for that, yeah, I fit That's into great so suits. Different. Boy, oh boy, do I fit into great suits. But it's not like I'm not, I'm not, don't punish myself. It's not if the I have beyond an extra and end sweet potato fries because sweet potato fries is the greatest thing in the world and I will eat two yeah, of them if are. I want to. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I think, I think that somebody has to kind of get that market where it's all about feeding your body goodness. And at the end of the day, it kind of just goes. You have to start from the inside out, which sounds which, really like frou-frou. Well, your dad might call it frou-frou, but we're designed to move. We're designed to lift. We used, like before agriculture, we would spend our entire day roaming around just getting food. Our bodies work better when they move and that's why I, I have this ring on that i always wear and it kind of helps me like figure out my blood pressure figure out like sometimes i wake up and i go oh god i feel like crap i know i didn't sleep that well whereas we could always say that oh i got a bad night's sleep whereas my ring will tell me i got this much rem i got this much deep sleep i moved x amount of times and when you start to analyze your patterns and see what works and what doesn't work like i have a really dear friend of mine who trains all the top pro athletes and i'm always questioning everything that he says he says to me so if you take away cigarettes and alcohol and you go to bed at the same time every day trust me you'll feel better and i go I don't believe you. So I try it out and he's right. <laughs> but the thing is, you have to figure it out for yourself. You know what I mean? Because I've, I've got three kids. My oldest is 24. My youngest is 11. I've lived off four hours sleep for more than half of my life. Don't tell me I need eight hours. Otherwise, I can't function. When in actual fact, I've learned that I do need seven to eight hours because then I can handle things all day. I'm much more patient, I'm much more focused, and it helps with all my diagnoses that I've got. And But then if somebody says to you, all right, you need to do this, this and this, I always go, well, do I really? No, I don't. I can do it my way. But when you look at the science behind how much sleep and how much rest we need, and the fact that you can get your REM, which is good for your short-term memory, up and up and up each night if you go to bed at the same time and wake up at the same time it makes sense like why were we taught this in school i don't know man because it was oh I was, we were getting bombarded at least where i grew up in brisbane we were going getting bombarded with look if you open a beer a whole bunch of really famous cricketers and chicks in bikinis are going to show up so let's get cracking boys <laughs> and, and that's what i thought was gonna that's happen. funny <laughs> well what i got told is 
No, you can't be a singer or a dancer. Think of a real job that you want to get. All right. I go, what? <laughs> what real job is there out there that I can actually indulge myself in? Because I think I made, the, I think I made the, the joke on stage. There's a moment where, and it's truly the most fucking uns. Unbelievable fucking time warp. There's an episode of uh, Mars Singer this season where we did some different decades. And you, Mel B, you show up. Oh, in, yeah. Like my 90s clobber. Dude, clobber. Like it is an original OG. It's like the Spice Girls, uh, the leopard skin overcoat. And I'm like, is that the real thing? Yeah. You open the little yeah. bowl and you say, I have my archivist, because you've got an archivist. It's got a tag on it. My archivist the- is me. I love I'm it. the archivist. But it's got a tag on it. And it says Spice World Wembley 98. And I'm like, yeah. I can fit into, maybe fit into a suit from four years ago. This is a thing from 25 years ago. And if it's like a glover. Yeah. I'm proud of that, actually. But also... Phoenix, my oldest daughter, she she said to me, you know, I just really, really want to have a look at your old stuff because, you know, you're vintage now because things have come back around in fashion. I was like, oh, but then I was really proud that she actually wanted to sniff through my old wardrobe. Not that I'm a hoarder, but I just, you know, when you've done, been part of a, 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 a such a thing like Spice Girls, you just want to cherish and handpick those memories of when you met Nelson Mandela. What were you wearing? Because I've always kept a diary. When you met Prince Charles, when you went to this place or that place, and when you did your first concert, like I, I hold on to like clothing and be- uh, belongings because not only can you touch it, it kind of smells like back in that yeah. time. Yeah. Well, I guess I am older. But you were you wearing this outfit, you had everything on all the way down to the Buffalo Boots, which is the greatest thing in the world. But like a proper pop star, we go to a commercial break and then uh, Mel whips up from the panel and she stands up and goes, it's fair enough, everyone, we all have a wee break every now and again. And my floor manager, Camilla, goes, okay, we're back in two. I'm like, uh, Mel's not back. And then within three minutes, because you're a pop star, you show up in a completely different wardrobe. Completely different. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, when I heard that my decade was the 90s, I was like, nobody has to get me an outfit. I have outfits for days. Yeah. That's, I think I'm still stuck in the 90s. Oh, that's okay. Still. And then you show up in the... But apart the, from my shoe, busted, it was that oh, old. Oh, yes. The leopard, the, the, the zebra skin shows up and then you're stomping it on the, you stomp it on the table and the heel explodes. And it just decays. Like, that's just how long I've had it. And I can't believe I used to run around stage. I'm pregnant. Run around stage in those heels. Well, you can't really call them heels. They're platforms. Mate, Serena Williams won the US Open 10 weeks pregnant. There's not, like, it's amazing. Can you believe that? Yeah, you're you're incredible. (laughs) Uh, But this, that particular outfit was, that was the one that was the doll. Um, And my God. that doll over there. The licensing, Mel. Like, I'm like, was there a point where you just went, well, what is it today? Yes, yes, no, no, yes, maybe. Well, you know, we styled ourselves. Yeah. Us Spice Girls. So what you see is what you get with me. I mean, I was always a bit discombobulated. That's why I've got every single kind of print on all of my trousers back in the day. Yeah, it's good. It's fun. I'm glad that the fashion's come back around, so I'm told. Just a moment away from Mel B to say that if you like this podcast, if it brings you value, the very best thing it can do for us here is to simply tell somebody, share it, share this episode with someone, share it with a friend, text them, email them, hit the three dots or the uh, paper plane or the arrow or whatever it is in the corner of your app that sends it on, uh, copy the link, put it in a comment section of something, I don't know, just share it, to tell somebody, it would be the very best thing you could do for us, that really does a lot, also like and subscribe and rate and comment, all that stuff really helps other people find the show, because people come and go all the time, and that, really, it costs you no money at all to do, and in fact, helps us a lot, so thank you so much, we're back in a moment with Mel B. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello 
Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You feel like you're in a good place, Mel? Today I am. (laughs) (laughs) Speak to me tomorrow, it'll be a whole different thing. No. I think when I think when I got diagnosed with all the different like things that my, how my brain functioned, I really embraced it and I was really thankful. It was a you know you said that you were like oh my god, mm. I it was a sigh of relief for me because yeah. you know I've always been called the crazy one, the outspoken one. No, I just can't believe why people. I mean, I don't have a filter, so whatever I think, I say. You know, I I thought everyone was like that. Why does not everyone just say what they think? Why isn't everyone more honest? Yeah. And I guess that's just the way that my brain is. And I don't, I don't stand for anything other than that. But then, you know, cut to my marriage, I had 10 years of living a lie. So my brain, undiagnosed then, was coping with so much and stuck in the flight and fight mode. Yeah. I'm so glad to be out of that. I'm so glad that I can actually put myself in an ice bath, even though my body's in flight or fight mode, I can calm it down with my breath. I can re-collaborate um, myself. And it's me putting myself into that situation. And as far as, I mean, you've been quite open and honest about that relationship. Um, and you, you, look, I always say it on this show, you can't be what you can't see. For you to come out and talk about that, you must get you must get people coming up to you all the time and disclosing to you that, you know, you have both experienced something similar. Yeah, I mean, I thought that my career would literally end when I brought out that book. I mean, the day that it was published, I think two days prior, I said to Louise, I can't do it, I can't do it. It was actually my daughter that said, but don't just think of yourself, think about other people that you're helping. But we were at a time in 2014, 2015, where nobody was really speaking that openly about coercive control, sexual abuse, abuse within a marriage, you know, nobody was really talking about that. The only thing that I could remember was the I Can Tina Turner story that I saw like many, many years ago, and now it's in, in the theatre and my um, charity gets donations from that, Women's Aid. So it was a big risk for me, but I just, I needed to do it, not just for myself, but for everyone around me that had witnessed it that had been through it with me, but were too terrified to say anything. And plus I was a very good liar. And then, you know, my family, my friends, and for other women, I, I was like, surely I can't be the only one. And then when it was released, it, it was a massive wave. I mean, that's where I got my, that's how I got my MBE. I wasn't looking, I didn't even know what an MBE was, to be honest. I just thought it was something very posh and that you had to be very intelligent to get one. <laughs> But I didn't realize it was just for the good of the community, for sharing your story, for getting, you know, people's eyes on a topic that is actually an epidemic. And it's it's been an epidemic since, I mean, since forever, way back, oh. but now yeah. more than ever. Oh, yeah. I it's just tr- thought, well, at least I'll go out with a bang. And then it just kept on going. <laughs> well, it's, you know, there's, there's very, you know, Things that rhyme suck because they're often true. Name it to tame it. So once once it comes, once you're saying it out loud. Oh, name it to tame it. I like that. Yeah, I know, right. Once you say it out loud, once you say, no, this is it, how does that change how you approach it and how you then take the next steps into a life on the other side of that? Well, it's an ongoing process. I'm going to be living with PTSD and the abuse that I went through for the rest of my life. 
I think for any therapist or for any human being to say, oh, you've said it all now, you've got it out in the open, you're not with that person anymore, you can live a life that's peaceful. No, you still get flashbacks, you still get haunted by that, you still have nightmares by that. So you have to live with that side by side amongst all the shame and the guilt and what you put your friends, friends and family through. You have to live with that for the rest of your life. So it's just one of those things that is, you know, what you have to deal with. It's better to deal with it that way than still be in it and possibly, well, unfortunately, a lot of women get killed oh. or they take their own lives it's and men. Uh... Oh, mate, absolutely, Mel. When this stuff, when you're living with it, though, if you're able to name it, are you, does that are you able to then go? Oh, that's that thing. Okay, no, I'm just going to go and do this here with my kids. I have been searching for the name, what it could possibly sound like or look like when you come out of that kind of relationship, and then the hard journey starts in processing it. Um, getting rid of the guilt and the shame and dealing with it. There's a name that I still haven't come up with that is not your, your regular PTSD or flashbacks. Or, there's there's a name that we all will go through when we've experienced that, whether it's for, whether you've experienced abuse for one hour, one day, one year, 11 years, 20, 20 years, you come out of it broken and only you can like build yourself back up. Yeah. But then when you've built yourself back up, you still have to live with it. It just doesn't go away. It's in your body. It's in your skeletal bones. It's in your the way that you move. You know, a door could slam and I'll, I'll jump. And I have to remind myself it's not that. I'm in this, in my body here right now. I feel safe. It's, it's a constant kind of reminder, which is where ADD comes into play really good because then I function on all different levels. Yeah. I, I've i never been in a relationship like that, but hearing you describe that, it does. God forbid, I'm, I hope you will. Yeah. I've, I'm 13 and a half years uh, clean and sober and what you're describing. Oh, like it's, it's still around. I'm still like, oh, yeah. This is, that's why I, when I check into hotels, I'll just take all the booze out the minibar, please. Like I'm not going to, but it's good. better to not you have see, to deal that- with it. That is that is really good that you set those parameters up yeah. rather than just putting yourself in the middle of a cesspit. You know what I, I mean? To. That's so good to do that. So I need so to do good. it. It's like, when, it's like when I'm working and I know I'm going to be away, I'm going to be put up in a hotel, I always make sure they have some kind of gym, some kind of greenery around. I mean, I don't like to go to spas because I don't like anybody touching still to this day. But I did find out a very good treatment, which was originally originated from a guy from Australia, and it's called Bowen. Have you yes. ever heard of that? Oh, Bowen, Bowen therapy. Amazing. Yes. Yeah. I just started that about a year ago, and it has literally not saved my life, but realigned my body. You know, if somebody goes, oh, God, I've got sciatica, or oh, God, my neck is out, they go they go to the chiropractor or they get like a deep tissue massage from somebody that they've never been to before. No, 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 no. I swear to God, Bowen is the most brilliant thing, which was created by an, by an Australian um, that just like gently puts all your little muscles, all your joints, and it's painless. And they hardly touch you. It's a bit like Reiki. That's why I became a Reiki master. Like so many don't have to th- touch anyone. So many things to go and explore. Um, I I could I could talk to you forever, but Mel, I'm to get at this amount of time. I know. To speak is it to you finished? Like this, I'm. Oh yeah, well, no! You're a, you've got a big press morning, and I don't want to get in the way. But honestly, I'm. Did I, did I get the chance to work with you? I mean, you know me, every, every day is a school day. I love to learn off the people that I work with and I'm never going to know. And I read I your book know. and I learned, oh, I learned you. from you. Thank I you. I told for, you I read it. You did. I told you, you I got it. You did. And I, I adore that I get to work with you because you've, you've underplayed it a bit, but I'm going to tell you, you are a, you're a showbiz machine and I see how hard you work to be who you are uh, on camera. And it takes a village. <laughs> it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to stay that good. You know, you're, you're preaching to the, well, whatever the word is, you, you 
look what you've done and look how you've handled it and look how you function in life up to date. Well, I, always, I always see you with your, your bike hat on and you've ridden into work. You yeah. are like the fit, but I now know why you do it because it helps with just the everyday and the mental stability oh, yeah. that we all need, you know. Riding a bicycle to work is a great, you know, it's great. Incidental exercise. Oh, I love it. the best. I love doing that. So when I lived in New York, I just had Phoenix. She was about, oof, I want to say four years old, my first baby. Or she five years old. Got to New York. I did Rent the Musical. I was playing a character called Mimi. And to stop myself wanting to go out and socialize, I used to ride my bike to the theater and back. But... I had my dear friend, Jana, who ended up working for me because I'm crap with directions and I have no sense of direction. I mean, you could take me down one road and back up the same road and I'd go, no, it's that way. Like I'm that bad. So she would ride her bike in front of me and I would just follow her because <laughs> I just forgot the route. I mean, I remembered all my lyrics, yeah, <laughs> but I just forgot the route to work and back. There's something and riding my bike was yeah. so freeing. And okay. actually, there's an element of danger because who knows if the car's going to fucking swipe you off your feet? Who knows when you do that sharp turn to, to, to the right, there's not going to be a pedestrian or even a car coming your way because don't forget, New York's on a different side of the road than England. Yeah, so, right. yeah, danger. You're danger. the best. The, thank you so much for taking so much time <laughs> and being so generous with me today, Mel. Um, I'm so grateful I got to work on this season with it's you. It's all and... downhill from here. Everybody oh. else that's interviewing me is going to be shit. You're really good. <laughs> I work hard at it. I love you, mate. Nice to see you again. Bye, my love. Look, see I can't wait to come and walk Roddy's with you one day. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. That is the magnificent Mel B. Her book is called Brutally Honest. I remember when Dave Hughes was reading it, he would come into work and go, fuck, I just read this thing in Mel's book about, and he would go on to explain some of the stuff in there, a bit we talked about today. Uh, yeah, it's well worth a read. Mel is on The Masked Singer tonight with me and Abby Chatfield and Chrissy Swan and Dave Hughes, and uh, I can't remember who's still in the show, but we're going to see one of their famous faces tonight. It's an extraordinarily fun show to make, and it's extra delightful to get to work with us by school, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, you'll see it tonight. You can watch it in Australia. You can stream it, whatever you want to do. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. Thank you for listening. If you do need me, send osheremail at gmail.com. Thank you very much to Andy Ma, who did the audio and video post on this show, Abby Benno, who produced it, Ben Richardson, my business partner, and Toe Hider, who made all the music, and you for listening. I'll see you Wednesday. Oh, that's my phone. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.